He who has health has hope, and he who has hope has everything. Arabian proverb. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. It's going to be a little bit different than maybe y'all been used to, but it's going to be just as good, if not better. So don't tune out. Stick, <laughs> stick, stick with us. We've got Natalie Jill today. Natalie, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thanks for asking. A fat loss expert turned high performance coach. We were just chatting about all the different angles and things that you do and you're really good at. And we decided to go this angle because the podcast episode is really going to be centered around getting more performance out of your day. And we're going to tip into some tactical stuff, but also some internal and some mindset stuff. Uh, so I'm excited to have you here, Natalie. You, you had this one thing on your website that I loved and I'm just going to read it out. Uh, somewhere on your website, you said something along the lines of creating a vision, shifting my mindset, and learning to create all possibilities from nothing. I thrive on helping others achieve their past stories and patterns to shift their beliefs and results now too. Um, and I truly love that because I think everything starts from the inside out and we're yeah. so trying to get external results without doing the internal work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we always want the quick fix or what's the shortcut or what's the thing? What's the one thing? But the bottom line is what works for one person as that one thing may not work for you if you've got unresolved stuff you're not dealing with. <laughs> so so if we don't figure that out first, it, there's a lot of blocks. And you're a living, breathing example of, I mean, we only see it from the outside, but I'm sure that as you, as you, you know, worked on one thing and saw results in your fitness, all those same tactics and strategies go into your relationship, go into your wealth, go into your, the way you live your life, the way you feel, the way you look. So we'll be definitely diving into that stuff. I spent a few hours preparing for the show and what stood out to me about you the most was your, and we'll be diving into it and how you do this, but you're amazing at being an authority but also being extremely relatable to your people and it shows in your engagement and in the way people, you know, your followers and your clients and how people engage with you. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's not a strategy. It's just something you internally do. Yeah. It's so funny because people always want like the strategy for that. But I want to, want to share is it's really as simple as telling the truth. Authentic. So when in doubt, tell the truth, you know, it's really what it is. So the, the relatable part, I believe is just coming. It's not a, it's not a marketing strategy. It's not a, how do I say something relatable? It's really just walking the walk and sharing what I'm walking through. So as I encounter things, I mean, I'm a 48 year old female who is an entrepreneur who has had ups and downs, who's had failures, who's had success, who's battled things with health, have whatever. I've always shared it. And I think that's what gives it the authentic, that friend feel because I don't hide things from my audience. I'm very uh, real with sharing. Now, where the strategy might come a little into play is I'm very aware to not share as a victim. And the reason is, is nobody, that's not empowering for people. People don't want to hear about your victim problem. <laughs> they just don't. So I've learned that when I'm actually in it, when I'm in the, the victim mindset, when I'm, you know, uncovering something, that's probably not the time to share on social media. Yeah. But once I know what I'm doing to get to the other side, when I start working on getting to the other side, that's the time to share it. So you don't have to necessarily have all the solutions, but you don't want to share from, you know, gosh, my life sucks right now. <laughs> that's, that's what makes a difference. That doesn't create an authority in you. 100%. So I guess just right before that, because you've, you've put in the time in the trenches and you're awesome at being authentic and you share what's real and you, and you share it well, were you always, or does that 
take you time to build up to that? So I know it's not so much a strategy, but I think a lot of people are afraid to share. Maybe they're not ready to share something yet. Maybe they're not, you know, they're working mm-hmm. towards it. Um, were you always just okay? Yeah. So let's, well, first to the person that doesn't want to share something, I, w- I would ask why, um, why, um, typically what comes up and this is not everybody, but typically what comes up when someone doesn't want to share is either one, it's not their truth. So people get uncomfortable sharing when it's not actually their truth. It's not the real thing. Um, or two, they're afraid of judgment. They're afraid of judgment. And that takes some work to get past. Um, because what I want to share also is that people don't like perfect people. So I want people listening to take that at heart. When you're scrolling social media, you're looking at a magazine and you see somebody that looks perfect, what comes up in your mind? Because what, what comes up is not, I want to be them. Uh, what comes up typically is you don't like them. <laughs> we don't like perfect people. But what you really like is you want to root for people that have been through things, that have shared, that have the bumps and bruises, that have those stories, that have leveled up out of something that you thought would set them back really, really far. So knowing that about you, knowing that you are attracted, I'm speaking as in you, the listener right now, that you're attracted to people that you know their story, their journey, it makes them more relatable, makes them more likable. Really dive in and look at that and really take a a really good analysis of your life. Like who do you gravitate towards? Who do you follow? Who do you learn from? Who's been a mentor to you? Who do you look up to? Chances are you know their story, you know their journey, and that's why. If somebody just comes out of nowhere seemingly perfect, you're much more likely to not relate to them and not want to learn from them. 100 I love that. I love that. Um, we got, we got, we got tactical into the content very, very quick. As you know, I like to start things by just throwing three words at you. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes to your mind, whatever is your truth, uh, I just want to hear, and these are strategically chosen to, um, after kind of doing some research on you. So if you're ready for that three quick words, sure. Number one, uh, success. You want to know what comes to mind with success? Yeah. What's, uh, what's, what's success to you? Living, enjoying your life. Um, being happy because it's, to me, it's not a dollar amount. It's not material possessions. It's not a title. It's what are we, what are we chasing for? What are we working for? What are we going after success for? And to me, it's to live life, to enjoy it, to be, to experience what we're here to experience. So success to me is the freedom to, and comfort to actually live your life. And you mentioned there that uh, getting clear on, on what it is you want. Do you think a lot of people ever take the time to define what it is they actually want? Or are they being influenced by outside factors, social media, all that stuff? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know. I think most people, if you say, what do you want? They say, I don't know. Um, or they say, I just want to be happy. So I don't think most people really have done the work to figure out what it is that they want. Uh, and it is the most important piece. Yeah. Cool. Number two, I'm careful when I say this, but I'm, I'm saying it anyway. It was a word I wanted to do. Um, getting old. Old. What does that mean? Um, racket story. I, I don't know what, what, what do people put meaning on that? I always say you're not too old and it's not too late. Um, because we tend to define things based on other people's opinions or what media or society has told us. And it doesn't have to be the truth. You know, it's funny, I'm 48 years old and I constantly get, uh, you know, Oh, I didn't know you were 48 or you, you look, uh, younger. And to me, I'm like, well, what is 48 supposed to look like? I mean, I just decided a long time ago that 48 isn't old or it doesn't mean a negative thing. So getting old is whatever you want to define it as. It could be getting wiser. It could be getting smarter or it could be getting wrinkles and my life is over. I mean, it's, it's really whatever you define it as. And I've decided that there's no such thing as too old or too late. 
I brought that up because I saw it all over your website of just like, hey, like after 40, I was on 13 magazines or 14 magazines and, and who is to define. And I, I get so many yeah. times someone who's 40 or 50 saying, well, I, I can't do technology anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who's telling you you can't do technology? Who's telling yeah. you? And you'd have a, an awesome answer. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes, I mean, every now and then you'll, I'll get a hater or somebody that makes a comment, they'll write, they'll write on one of my pictures old or you look sure. old or whatever. It's like, sure. And I just kind of giggle at it, like, because like every you should be so lucky to age. <laughs> so it's not a negative, like we all hope to, to age and thrive and live lives well, you know, otherwise, why, why not jump over that, off that bridge at age 20? I mean, that's, it's ridiculous to say you're getting old as a negative. Like we want to get older. We want to thrive. We want to have more experiences. And, and we'll be getting into your story shortly, but I, I saw your before and after photo of, uh, you know, you with the dog and the and the, and the baby. And then it was, I don't know if it was 10 years later or, or your daughter was all grown up there and you, I mean, you look 10 years younger. So, you know, you, you know what you're doing and we'll definitely talk about it. Final question really quick. Our final word is, uh, is purpose. I saw it over your website. What's purpose? Finding purpose. Gosh. Um, a reason to be excited, a reason to live, a reason to move forward, a reason to get up. Um, I think most times, you know, and I deal with women all the time that say that they're tired, they don't have motivation. They don't have energy. Um, and what I will say is usually that comes down to not having a purpose. Because if you feel like you don't have a purpose, you, you will not have energy. You will not have motivation. You won't have excitement. So it's not about taking a pill or following a specific workout or I've got to do this. It's doing a little bit of deeper work and figuring out what is it that would excite me? What is my purpose? What is my, my reason? And when you have that, the energy, everything starts to soar. I love that. I love that. 100% agree on board with that. Uh, you had one last little thing that I really loved about the website is you're like, you're a killer of fat. And you had your mm-hmm. definition of fat being on the body, but you also had FAT, false assumed truths. Yeah. Uh, breaking down people's beliefs. And that comes to the age thing. That's why I said old, but, uh, but absolutely everything else, someone's definition. Yeah. Is so let's so, talk about so, that briefly. And then I got the mother of all questions. Yeah. So, so many people they have what I call our false assumed truths. It's these beliefs that are based really on nothing other than something we heard or something we read and they start to define our lives. So an example of a false assumed truth is I'm too old or it's too late or I can't because or my hormones, my thyroid, my this. I'm not saying those things are not true. Um, They might be your diagnosis, but what meaning you put to it becomes a false assumed truth. For instance, you have massive hormone problem, or you, you've been told that, um, what that means is really up to you. Like you could have a doctor say, Hey, you've got this hormone problem. You're going to gain 20 pounds and you'll probably start gaining 20 pounds if that's what you believe. But you can also find people that have hormones out of whack that didn't gain 20 pounds. So it's, what are we putting with that? Where are we finding evidence to support things? My, my experience is we find so many people they hear something uh, from their doctor and it becomes their truth. And then they go around validating that truth. So my doctor said, I have this, therefore this. And everyone says, oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and then we stay stuck in it and there's no possibility of transformation or change. So I like to kill those false assumed truths. And, you know, some people don't resonate with my message. They don't like it. And it, it pokes it. It's like poking the bear. And what I want to say is I'm not doing this to be liked. I'm doing this to stand for you because I see something better for you. I see better possibilities for you. I've helped countless people overcome this, countless people overcome it. And that had to shift. And I did poke the bear first. <laughs> you know, they didn't want to hear it, but they will tell you later that they're so glad I did interrupt them. They're so glad I did say it to them because that's what's making the difference for them. 100%. You're, um, you know, 
I'm not going to get this right, 40, 48, so I'm sure you hear this a lot of the old thing, but I'm 32, and I even hear that you're too old to play that. Yeah. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a playful person. I like to play. Like yeah. You're a, little, you're a little old to do that. I'm just like, man, like, where does this- Says who. Yeah, says who. Come from. Um, cool. So I, I used to ask the question of who is Natalie Jill, and I stopped doing that because I think your story will define who you are a lot better than trying to create a cool little three-sentence understanding of who you are. So- wherever you want to start from, but I really want to share because I was really inspired reading it. And I think a lot of people see success and see Natalie Jill and see all the other people with followings and, and life is all great. Uh, it, it obviously didn't start from there. And mm-hmm. I only know your story as far back as basically kind of you shared losing everything at one point. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like everything. So wherever you want to start from to start building yeah. up who you are and we'll kind of um, navigate through that with questions that I have mapped out between that. Sure. Um, so I, it depends. I have so many stories. I mean, I think everyone's life is filled with stories and I think there's a reason I, I, my personal belief is that we're here, uh, because we chose to be, and we're here to learn different lessons. And I believe those stories are, are in our lives for a reason to, to learn and grow. And we become new people based on going through these stories and these journeys. So you know, there was a time where things would break me um, and I felt that they would ruin me. And, and now I really look at them as what, what am I meant to learn from this? What's meant to happen here? So I'll just, I'll take you back to, uh, let's call it 10 years ago or 12 years ago when my daughter was born. Um, that was the first major shift uh, in my adult life. Uh, I had, because I was working in corporate America, I was married. I had the baby on the way. I had the two dogs, the house with the white picket fence. I had this like what looked like a perfect life. And I had done all the things on the checklist. Like I went to college, I got the job. I did all the things I was supposed to do or I thought I was supposed to do. Mm. And I quite honestly was pretty self-righteous about it all. I didn't understand people that were in debt. I didn't understand people that had hardship. I just didn't understand it. I had, I felt... I hadn't experienced that yet. And it's interesting. I, I didn't realize that I had a lot to learn and a lot would to come. But this was back in uh, 2007, 2008. And what was happening then in the United States was the house mar- housing market had crashed. The stock market had crashed. Um, jobs were changing left and right. And I was not immune to that. I was, one, having a baby. I was going through a divorce. Um, my, our marriage was not working out. So I was going through a divorce. So you add the hormones from having a baby and becoming a new single mom and going through a divorce. So I had stress. I was eating out of control to, to comfort myself. I gained a lot of weight. I gained 60 pounds on my 5'2 frame while pregnant, which is quite a bit. You know, my daughter only weighed six pounds when she was born. So that's that right. was all excess me eating McDonald's. Right. Um, and then to make matters worse, I had worked full time um, and traveling. And I wasn't gonna be able to do that anymore. Uh, I wasn't going to be able to travel anymore as a single mom. So I had to take a voluntary job demotion, which was a significant pay cut and change. And um, that was also the time the housing market had crashed and we became backwards. I was backwards on my house. So everything I had put down into my house, all of a sudden I was upside down and I owed a lot more. I was hugely in debt for the first time in my life, depressed, overweight. I had all the things. And I just remember feeling really, really depressed for the first time, just really stuck and depressed. You would have been 30, 38-ish then if, if we're 35. talking. So 30, 35. So 12 years ago. So 35, 36, 36 when I yeah. had her. So yeah, I'm yeah. 48 now. So I was, yeah. and I remember just like yeah. thinking. You, lot, you feel like you got a lot to lose at that age because you're like, well, I worked for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And for the first, and I, what was really the hardest part of it all is, you know, I mentioned earlier that one of the reasons people don't want to share stories is they're scared of being judged and, or they're not telling the truth. 
And I felt that I couldn't talk to anybody. I didn't have anyone I could talk to because I felt that I had to keep it all together. And that's really sad that people feel that way. Like I, I really felt like no one would understand. I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. I couldn't like get help or talk about it. So I hid and that didn't, that made it worse. It, 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 it was really made me feel fake because it was like, I hear people think I'm this one way and I was going through all this, all this stuff. So it wasn't until I decided to share that things started to turn around. So, and the way that that looked was I, Facebook had just started and I had like maybe a hundred or 200 friends on Facebook at the time. And I remember a defining moment when I just sort of caught a glimpse of myself and I decided that that wasn't who I wanted to be anymore and that I could reinvent myself. And it was the first time it hit me that, my gosh, if I change my thoughts and actions, like if I change my thoughts and actions and my habits change because of that, I have to become a different person. I have to. Because, and, I, and I knew there was nothing worse. Like I couldn't get worse than I was right then. It was, I felt miserable. So I created a vision board um, and I put on there, you know, girls that were fit, happy couples, like just anything that appealed to me. And I would stare at that vision board. I would stare at it and I'd say, okay, I feel like crap right now. But if I look at that vision board and I imagine that I'm living in that vision board, what decisions would I make? So I would look at the fit girl and say, what would she eat? What would she do? Who would she talk to? What would she listen to? Who would she call right now? Like what, would, what actions would she take? And slowly but surely my habits started changing and I started becoming a new person. And I was sharing this on Facebook. I went on Facebook publicly and said, Hey guys, you know, I'm in a spot right now and here's what I'm doing to change it. I'm going to start controlling my habits and changing things. I'm going to share what I'm eating, what I'm doing, what I'm learning. And um, I'm doing it for my own accountability. I started sharing. And what was really, really cool is people really resonated. They wanted more. Mm -hmm. And my whole initial business was born from that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's so, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you hear this over and over on the podcast. I hear it over and over. I can relate personally as well as floating, floating, comfort, 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 and something rock bottom happens or Mm -hmm. our version of rock bottom. And although it seems like this horrible situation, it's it's been the biggest blessing in my life. It, it turned me into someone that I'd never knew. Yeah. You as well and almost everyone I interview. And what breaks my heart and what the message I think from this that you're trying to to, to tell people is, I see so many people with, with almost, they feel they have no resources and they're complaining and victimized by it. I'm like, that is it is such a great blessing and something so amazing can happen from this. And if Natalie can do it, every yeah. other guest on this podcast can do it from it sounded like nothing, if not backwards, like you, you didn't have um, the typical resources. You got mm-hmm. resourceful, but you didn't have the typical resources. No. And you've created a multi-million dollar, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but multi-million dollar business out of it and changed absolutely everything around. Yeah. And, and I will share that it wasn't like, you know, unicorns and roses from there. I've had many ups and downs. So, so even, you know, as, as short as two years ago, I had another time come up with that challenged me. So, so there's been, there's been lots of ups and downs. The difference is what do we learn from it? How do we shift? Um, can we shift out of it faster? Are we learning the lessons? If we don't learn the lessons, it will keep happening to us. So I believe I had more to learn um, that, that I hadn't fully learned yet. And that's why I had other setbacks. And I do believe that that's, um, that's the case. And you know, the, the quickest way out is to go through, um, we have to feel, if we try to avoid and not actually feel things or do the work, if we try to avoid our mask, um, we'll, we'll keep getting the lesson over and over again. I really believe that. hundred percent. I love that. I want to, I want to just pivot just a little bit and 
hear it from you because this is something I really believe in. I preach it and I know sometimes people don't listen. And so I'm hoping that you have a way, different way of delivering this. I'm huge on mind, body, and then work. Mm-hmm. If I've tried it the other way around where I got too busy and I didn't take care of myself and I didn't read and I didn't take care of my body and the results were, were it was a struggle to get results, whether it was in the business or in my life. And the second I stay committed to mind first in the morning, body yeah. second, and then work, everything flows, not always, but most of the time. Um, I'm guessing you believe in that same philosophy to anyone listening who's not taking care of themselves and they know they mm-hmm. could do better, but they're making excuses because their business is coming first or their goals are coming mm-hmm. first. What would you say? Well, I'll say a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, it's like a car. If you don't wash your car, it looks dirty. If you don't change its oil, it's going to eventually die. If you don't put gas in it, it will stop running. Like your body's the same way. Your body is your vehicle. So if you're not taking care of it, it will let you down. You'll have pain. You'll get injured. You won't have energy. You'll get old in in the negative sense of the world word. If you don't take care of your body, then what? You know, there's things that happen in life that are going to affect your body as is, but why self-destruct? Like there's things that we can't control. There's things that will happen just because it happens because it's genetic or there's an accident or whatever. But if you can control it and you're not, then it's like shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you because your body is like your car. I mean, that is where you're living. So you want to do your best and and you'll pay, you know, you it's, I do believe it all comes around. Like it doesn't matter. You could have done horrible stuff in your twenties. It may show up later. (laughs) Like it's just, that's just the way it works. So right now, if you can make a choice, it's selfish not to make a choice because you're not showing up as your best you when you don't make those choices. And, and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen or you're not watching this, um, I'll have links for Natalie Jill stuff below and we'll get some links after the show. But I mean, I'm a 32 year old who says it, so you might not, you'll be like, cool dude, but go check out Natalie and what she looks like and her energy and how she presents herself and what she's doing. And hopefully what she has just said, will have a little bit more gravity to, um, See the big picture and the long game and not just the short game of right now. And here's what I also want to share and and I'll interrupt and I have a personal story around this. You know, my dad died when he was 49 years old, uh, so it's a year older than me. And he died of a massive heart attack and he had clogged arteries. It was not a genetic thing. He had clogged arteries from eating bad and from being overweight. My dad did not drink. He did not smoke. He didn't take drugs. He didn't even look obese. He had a stomach with visceral fat and he had high blood pressure and he ignored it. He worked Work was more important. Stress was more important. Things were more important. And he died. My dad died because we didn't interrupt him. We as a society are way too nice and understanding of this problem. It is not okay. Listen to me. I'll say it loud and clear. It is not okay to be obese. That is not healthy. It is not healthy. You are self-destructing. So I could tell you all I want, like these body positive, like, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. You get to do everything in your power to get healthy, to get healthy. It's, it's, there's too many people out there to help you. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not challenging. I'm not saying that it feels amazing. But what I'm telling you is if I don't interrupt you, who will? I love that. It needs to be heard. Yeah. I mean, I, people can be mad at me all they want. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm tired of, I, 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 I've taken a stand around this because I feel so passionate about it. And it's so sad to me how many people have sold out because they want to be liked. 
You know, like I want you to like me. So I'm going to tell you it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And I understand it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not a challenge ahead of you, but there are many, many people that can help you. But we got to take that first move and wanting to and decide, making a decision, deciding, deciding that you're ready to make a change. Love that. We live in a fairly soft, I have my dad to think because he was Eastern European from like communist type background and um, he did not mess around. So he, he shared the truth and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate with the way I grew up in a bit of a, I mean, there was, there's things that I had to work through because of it, because who I thought was tough. I had yeah. to work through that and become emotionally available, but we do live in a fairly soft society that is generally yeah. always trying to cuddle. And I think a lot of things, even from being broke, mm-hmm. overweight, you're a great human being. There's nothing wrong with you as a person, but what you are doing in your lifestyle. I yeah. And it's selfish. I got to tell you, it's selfish in a lot of reasons. Um, and first of all, let me clear, clarify. I'm not talking about being a size six. I'm not, I'm not saying everyone needs to be tiny. And a, that's not what I mean at all. That is not what I mean at all. I mean, we get to be healthy for your body type. We get to t- take the best choices and make, take the right actions towards it. By you not doing it, not only are you not showing up as your best self for your boss, for people that work for you, for your family, for people that love you, for your friends. You're not showing up as the best person when you're not, because let's be real. You don't feel good being like that. You don't. Okay. Not only that, you're, you're wreaking havoc on healthcare. I mean, you really are like, so, so people are paying tons of money to help support this. Okay. Where it is not, this is not, this is your life and people want you here. (laughs) People want you here in the best shape possible in the best condition possible. So just take it away from the struggle for a moment. I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's not easy because it, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy because I get that it's not, but it's the, I don't care. That is the problem. If you care and you're trying and you're working on it, that's a whole different level. And I'm there to support you at any, at any time. I love that. I've helped countless people shed so much weight. I, I go back to, I have so many stories I could share, but I always go back to Jim Walters. who's one of my favorite clients. Um, he's one of the first clients I'd ever helped he was grossly obese and anyone that would have looked at him would have said it's his genetics. Um, you know, this is, it's just hereditary, whatever. And he had all excuses in the world too, until he decided he wanted to change. Now you look at him, he's completely ripped. He's buff. He's healthy. He's thriving. He looks amazing. He's so happy. And he giggles at his old pictures. He's like, who's that dude? And it's funny because people look at him now and say, it's genetics. It's, you know, whatever. It's like, there's always the reason. But I've worked with too many people that I've helped walk through this. I've seen them walk through it so I know it's possible for you. And I know the person listening, if you're mad at me right now, take that as fuel. Um, you know, I, I'm really saying this, I swear with love, that there's a better way. I love that. I love that. And, and maybe just to add one thing on that, because I had this conversation last week, is like you're trying to build a business or you're trying to better your life or you're trying to better your relationship and you're not taking care of your health. I truly believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And those small things of you're not taking care of yourself yes. and skipping the gym are bleeding into putting projects, yeah. off, putting those talks off, putting the conversation you have to have off. It bleeds into each. So I love it. I love it. Natalie, your brand is spot on. So I'm going through your stuff and I'm like, I, there, there, there's something you're doing that is really right. You've been doing this a long time. Somebody who's trying to build a, brand and it's a bit of a controversial topic because sometimes it's like yeah don't start a brand don't worry about a brand until you're at a million dollars in sales and all this crazy stuff but let's just say the core essence of a brand and your message and your mission and keeping things um attractive like you do any tips to someone who's listening who would like to tap into and and, and 
build a presence like you have? Sure. So I think it's really important to focus. Um, and that's the first step in, in creating a brand. So the questions to ask is, who are you wanting to serve and what problem can you solve? Um, those are the first, that's what's really important. It's not, hey, this is what Natalie's doing or this is what someone's is doing and I should do that because that doesn't work. Who do you want to serve and what problem can you solve? It doesn't matter if there's competition. It doesn't matter if there's a lot of people doing it. That's the question to ask because if you can dial in who you want to serve and what you want to help with and go deep there, that's how a brand is born. What doesn't work is trying to be somebody else or trying to do something because you're chasing the money or being too scattered. I've done that too, like where you're too, you're focused on too many different things. That just muddies the water. But getting laser focus on who you want to serve and how you want to help them, that would be my best advice around that. 100%. What about social media? So you, you are killing it on social media. I was on your YouTube. I was on your uh, Instagram. I was looking at a million followers on Facebook. You're doing your lives on Facebook. Um, and I'm kind of scaring through that. From my experience, social media is built over time and I go for depth and not width. On yeah. the business I had, I went for wide and it, it didn't do much. Now I'm just like mm. more depth, more connection. Um, yeah. A small following that actually connects with what I have rather than a large following that's Amazing. all over the place. Yeah. So you're social, you're killing it. Any tips or advice on, I know it's a hot topic and again, it's controversial because everyone will say their own piece, but social media... Mm-hmm. Someone trying to grow, someone trying to connect, someone trying to build an audience. Um, apart from the obvious stuff of like stay consistent and all this stuff, any any little strategies that yeah, you I'm actually going to not say stay consistent. I don't. I think that's a that's bad advice because you gotta you gotta be fluid. You gotta move with what's getting reactions from people. So like if I had a plan to be consistent on doing one specific type of post or thing every day for 30 days and it's not working, I got to shift. You got to shift quick. <laughs> so, so no, consistency does not, is not what works in social media. I got to be real. That is not what works um, in my opinion. Um, and again, if anyone doesn't agree with me, I'm always going to say like, if what you're doing is working for you, you don't need to listen to me. But if you're it not, like it's almost staying consistent and showing up and committing to pivoting. But, okay. Yes. I like that. So showing up, showing yeah, up would okay. be great. And listen and really listening to your audience. They'll tell you what they want or what they don't want. That's, that's real. So um, let's see social media. Um, I, you know, there's really no right or wrong. Like you have to be all places or not a lot of places, but I, I would be really careful of confusing people. So like I have a lot of things that I do a lot of different angles, but I will say that I don't throw it all up on social media. So like Instagram, for instance, very clear on my messaging on Instagram. It's all about aging in reverse. So anything I share on Instagram will have something to do with aging in reverse. It could be workouts, it could be nutrition, it could be tips, but it's really all in that theme. Same with my main Facebook page. Now, if you go to my personal Facebook page, it's got a much smaller group and I talk specifically into branding and sales. That's it. Sales and branding. I don't talk fitness there. I don't talk aging in reverse. And I'll talk. So I'm very clear on my messaging. If you go to LinkedIn, it's a very specific message. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's pretty much all fitness. So it's just whatever platform you're focused on, whether it's one or 10, just be really consistent there with what you're standing for. Because people do the thumb thing. They go to your page, they do a thumb. They're going to know right away, are they interested or are they not interested? And that's where it's really critical to be really, really um, clear on your messaging and what you're solving. And your bio, your page should not be about you. It should be about the problem that you're solving. Great. Great. All solid advice. When it comes to pivoting, because it looks like you've pivoted a few times and you're getting marketing stuff nowadays. Um, I know I've gone through the pain of pivoting and wondering what are people going to think now that I'm doing 
this? Are they going to have stone or whatever? Um, your advice on it. And, and I feel like uh, we had Elliot Hulse on the podcast and he had a massive pivot from like massive, massive where he had a lot of hate because yeah. he went into some weird stuff, which I don't think is weird. I like it. <laughs> For, for you, especially with probably even more to lose because you've got more mm-hmm. of a following who expects you to show up in one way. When it comes yeah. to pivot, do you have a strategy or are you honestly just, yeah. this is my truth and I'm sharing it? So what I don't think works is taking going from one complete set way of messaging to something totally different. Like I could not go from fat loss and nutrition to all of a sudden how to brand and do business building on the same page. That would be like out of control crazy pivot. Now people have done that. I I wasn't up for that. (laughs) That's not what I want to do. To me, I believe in expansion. So brand expansion, but I also believe in getting laser focused. Now those two are opposite things, but let me explain. So I have a lot of interest um, and I have a lot of things in my business, just like most people listening. You have a lot of interest. You're not just one thing. I'm very interested in aging in reverse. I'm still very interested in fat loss and nutrition. I'm also very interested in brand building and coaching and all those things. They're all very different. Um, so it's really picking wisely. So aging in reverse really is a way to focus and narrow in on fitness, fat loss, and nutrition. So that's an example of how I could take Instagram, which it was fitness and nutrition and zero it more into my message about aging. They still work together. It's not a total like, you know, black and white shift. Like, why am I following you kind of thing? So what happens when you do that, you are absolutely going to lose followers because there's people that were following me that were 20 or 30 and they're like, Hey, this doesn't really resonate with me anymore. That's fine. But what happens is you'll also really, really increase, um, attracting your avatar and having actual customers and clients. So it feels a little scary initially, but it really does pay off because the people that I'm trying to reach and talk to, they feel very hurt because that's who I'm spending my time talking with. Now, expansion, on the other hand, is when you're adding different things. And what I suggest doing there is going to a whole different platform. So like when I knew I wanted to talk into branding and sales, because it's another passion of mine, I decided not to do it on my pages that have aging and fat loss and nutrition, I think, because it really has nothing to do with it. So I put it in a whole different place. My podcast is another example. Um, I really wanted to do a podcast. I was very clear on my vision for that. I wanted to create um, a podcast around stories of how people leveled up and created everything from nothing, how they went from setback, failure, hardship to amazing things. And um, I started that from scratch. It has nothing to do with fitness, nutrition, any of it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't trickle it into my other pages, but only if it relates. So for instance, if I'm getting a lot of questions around aging or fitness or nutrition about motivation and how, you know, I'm stuck here, I might say, hey, listen to my podcast because I address that. But it's about really creating clarity in those different areas. So you're not going for, I mean, you do have large numbers, but you're not going for large numbers. You'd rather have a small focused start brand new with a new podcast. And obviously the numbers will come, but you're not worried about losing, like, because you have 443,000 people on Instagram, I believe you do, or something around there, you'd much rather start your new page for your sales and branding. instead. Yeah, of that's just how, it's how I feel. Now, there's really no right or wrong. I, agree with that. I will say if I had just made myself stick with, I'm just sticking with fat loss, that's all I'm going to do. I was not happy with that. And, you know, again, remember you asked me what the definition of success was. And to me, I said it was living and experiencing life. To me, I'm multifaceted. I've got lots of interests and lots of things that I can offer. So I don't feel good just teaching fat loss. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't mean I want to abandon it. It just meant I was going to dial it in, in a specific place, and I'm going to expand in different areas. And I'm, and I've gotten really focused doing it that way. And it's, it's really been working well for me. 
and it's worked well for my audience. They're not confused anymore. But there was a time I was mixing and matching all of it, and it really didn't make right. sense. No one knew what I stood for. Right. It sounds like you're, and I love talking in polar opposites because I think we do often, and I think it's okay to hold two opposing thoughts at the same time, but you're, you're talking about focus, but you're also talking about um, multifaceted and going after different things. You find that people jump too quick because they don't, it looks like you've seen your weight loss or your fat loss to success until it was working. And then you moved on to the next thing, moved on to the next thing, instead of trying to do it all at once and all these ideas you see all the time. I don't know that there's a right or wrong there. I'll tell you in the case of mine is when I started my fat loss and nutrition business, I was 36 years old and I was, had just lost a lot of weight. And I was really dialing in and studying and learning nutrition and workouts. So that made sense. It's what I was walking through. Mm-hmm. As a 48-year-old female, I'm walking through different things. It doesn't mean I'm not an expert with fat loss. I am. However, I really wanted to speak into aging in reverse because that's something I'm walking through. That's my interest now. So mm-hmm. I added that on. So that's where that came from. Now, what doesn't work for people is if you're just chasing money. I will share that. I've seen it over and over with clients. I've seen it happen myself when you're like, oh, I've got to do this because it'll make more money. That doesn't, that's not authentic. And that's typically what does not work. And that's what will really screw up a brand. 100%. I love that. I love that. I love that. We're going to make sure that that becomes one of the main trailers for, um, for the show. Two more questions. And this one yes. I love. Um, and you're, you're welcome to take a minute. If you take five minutes to mm-hmm. think of an answer, we'll just cut out the four minutes every time. <laughs> I don't mind silence. With where you're at right now, if you could talk to that maybe 36-year-old or maybe 28-year-old or the 22-year-old or whomever needed your help and guidance, what you kind of, this is a deep one, but what, what you'd want to leave the world with if it could be a page in a book just being like, hey, take this, listen to it. This is, this is my final type thing. Yeah. What would that be with where you're at right now? Slow down to speed up. Surrender. Speed up. Yeah, because... Somehow, and this is a really big topic with, my, with women in their 40s, 50s, and beyond especially, and maybe midlife in general. So I think maybe a lot of men, uh, if they're around midlife, this comes up where you're like halfway through your life and it's like, whoa, where did the time go? Like, where did the living go? I spent so much time chasing, chasing, like chasing that job, chasing that business, chasing that person, like chasing, chasing, chasing the next, the next, the next, that you're not really actually living. And when it goes back to that first question you asked me about success, that doesn't fulfill people because what are you chasing? What are you chasing for? And really asking yourself that question, because if you really can figure out what you're chasing, you're going to get to some answer that has to do with living and enjoying life. And why not just start doing that now? (laughs) Like, it's so amazing. Like I made a decision about a year ago that I was going to stop adding more to my plate. And I was going to start getting really laser focused on what's actually important. And it turned my whole business and life around in such an amazing way. Like I made a rule that I will not take any work, uh, meetings, business calls on Fridays. That was like an example, like period. It doesn't mean I won't take a look at emails or do some work on Fridays. It just means I don't want anything on my schedule on a Friday. And I stuck to it for a year. It was unbelievable what that did. You would think that that would create less room in a week, like, but it didn't. It helped me get laser focused on what's important. Another example is um, that was working so well that I decided, okay, on the days that I am working, I'm not going to work more than four or five hours. Because why? Because I'm here to live and enjoy my life and and thrive. So how do I do that? Like, how am I going to do that? Isn't that going to hurt my business? No, it actually really helped my business because 
what it helped me do is get really laser clear on what I'm saying yes to, what I'm saying no to. And I only say yes to things that are actually going to move the needle forward, that are actually going to support my audience, that are actually going to, to make a difference. What we tend to do is fill our lives with so many to-dos and busy work and checklists and other people's expectations. It's actually not allowing us to live and thrive and, and enjoy our life. So those are some examples of using my control <laughs> to, to put things into yeah. place to help me slow down to, to speed up. Uh, self-care is another one. Um, a lot of people will turn their nose up or judge people that put self-care first, but it's selfish not to put self-care first. When you take care of yourself, when you take care of yourself, when you eat well, when you get your sleep, when you're rested, when you're not stressed, when you've done your workout, when you take care of yourself, you show up better for everybody, for your boss, for your employees, for your kids, for your spouse. You show up better for everyone when you're in that place. So it's selfish not to do it. So I would say you've got to slow down to speed up. And if without that slowdown, you are in a chase and it will burn you out so quick. And don't wait till something interrupts you like an illness or an injury or a lost job for you to see this. I've I've heard that so many times. Sometimes when you're 30, that's... You're like, well, I'm just doing my thing. I know it's a process, but I've heard it from people who have kids and businesses. They're just like, they were working 50 hours a week, making X amount when they had a kid. They could only work five hours a day because they had to take care of the kid. And they found a way to make the time to say no to things and grow. So I think it's great advice. I think if you could could challenge yourself to do that, it's something I'm actually going to take from this and do. I've set Mondays and Fridays off forever. Yeah. Every once in a while, I... You know, the boundary gets pushed a little because this and that. And next thing you know, you're doing your five days, six days. Yeah. You're growing. So this was a great reminder. So, for me. So thank so you. So and you can put blockers in your place. Like I, like I, for, I'm forgiving of myself. Like I have my rule about Fridays, but I also allow that if there's like a really cool speaking engagement that I want to do, like I let myself do that for four of them of a year. So it's like, I, you know, you let yourself, you have, um, some flexibility with that, but I'll tell you what, if I take something on a Friday then there's another day during the week that I'm not. I'm really, really clear that it's four days a week that I have appointments and meetings. And I don't, I don't, everybody tries to get me to move it. I do not budge. It doesn't matter what it is. I love that. I love that. If people want to find you, I'm going to have all these links yeah. below, um, both on, um, on iTunes and on every other platform. But if you're reading the post or if you're on the post, we'll have all the links for sure. Where are some of the best places to connect with you? What yeah. are you doing? And then what's next? What are you, what are you, yeah. working? what's the vision? So first and foremost, if anything I re- resonated with you about the health and fitness and the weight loss, um, I would encourage you to do my back to basics challenge in January with me. And that's back to basics with an X, B-A-S-I-X dot me, back to basics dot me in January. We go hard. I can help you get that weight off in a, in a fun, healthy, simple, easy way. So that's number one. Um, number two, uh, my website, nataliejill.com, uh, has links to anything and everything there, including my aging and reverse membership site, um, how to work with me, how to cope, you know, any of this. And then if you just want more um, on the, even the mindset, uh, my podcast, Leveling Up, Creating Everything from Nothing. I saw you had, you just had, um, I, I learned a lot from him from afar, of course, um, Dean Graziosi. I was yeah. a really big fan. So that must have been great because it looked like yeah. you were a bit of a yeah. fan too from the way you were... Um, do anything we i stalk i do some research before these um, <laughs> I, do. I love it back to basics the website and the podcast is going to be below final final what is next what's the um what's the vision i'm sure you have something if you're willing to share it maybe it's a yeah bit or are you, you know, expanding on your stuff i'm really 
taking the slowing down to speed up um, really at heart. And my whole goal is really just to live and have more experiences. I'm really all about experiences. I'm taking a two-week vacation with my husband coming up in Costa Rica. I cannot wait. Um, I, you know, my daughter's 12 now. Um, and I've, we haven't, I haven't taken a vacation a lot that's not work-related in years. So I'm, I'm doing that. I'm really into personal development, spiritual growth, like really spending more time with it experiences, learning more. I made a tradition a few years ago on my birthday that every year on my birthday, I do something crazy that scares me, that it's out of the norm. Like I've now jumped out of an airplane and I've gone paragliding. I got a tattoo on my last birthday. I'm doing just, I really want to experience things and live, really live life to to its fullest. So on the work front, I've got lots of things in the works, but but my priority um, is really having more experiences and learning and sharing that and getting that gift out to others. It's a, it's a big theme of my aging and reverse community. Um, it's a big theme throughout my books, um, throughout anything I say yes to. So uh, as far as work projects, what's next? I don't know. I have a lot of things, a lot of ideas, um, but I, I don't rush like I used to and go and launch things just because it sounds like a good idea. I really take time to think, does it make sense? Does it serve my audience? Does it support my, my end goal? And I go from there. I love that. And you've built a, you've built a business that allows you that freedom, which is the ultimate yeah. goal. I think it's easy to, um, I know, I know I have, it's easy to say yes to too many things and your business becomes a trap and that trap oh, yeah. really yeah. sucks. It's, it's oh, worse it than does. a job. <laughs> you so feel you, like you're you back know, in a job. Yeah. You know, all, all of your branding and marketing and sales stuff that you said that is on a, uh, on your personal Facebook. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Natalie Jill fit is my social media that is aging in reverse and fat loss. You can find that everywhere on Facebook, Instagram. My personal Facebook is Natalie Jill Holland. That's my last name, my legal, uh, Natalie Jill Holland. And yeah, anyone can follow along there. I've, I've literally been sharing, um, uh, branding, uh, social media sales. It's a, it's a passion of mine. Um, not selling anything there. I'm just teaching right now and I'm happy doing it. So if that's something that interests you, you might want to follow along over there. I'm sure it will too many. I'll have all the links below. Natalie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next